let's crack open a beer and share some thoughts. This is one of the great trio of um, superheroes, I feel. Uh, uh, you've got Super Ted, Banana Man and Batfink. Those are, the, those are the big three, as far as I'm concerned. Danger Mouse instead of Batfink. Yeah, okay. Let's be honest. I would have to slot in Danger Mouse instead of Batfink. Deputy Dog? No. No. <laughs> Mighty Mouse? No, Danger Mouse. Oh, no, Mouse. definitely not. Danger no. Mouse. Finger Mouse. because it was hilarious. With Finger Mouse. Jason and uh, Terry Scott. Yeah. <gasps> Stiletto! <laughs> it's, it's quite possible that we've already lost a percentage value. Our <laughs> I have my own podcast and I'm well used to that. We've already gone... Full on geek yes. to, tonight, which is uh, which is all down to you this week. What the so geek bit? That's a bit harsh, Steve. The whole show is down to you tonight. So right now, I'm just going to sit back and let you take. We're going to sit back and drink, are you? Where you go, mate? Tonight's show is we're ref- referencing go-to beers. The reason for that because of a blog I did recently, and uh, but just instead of just me and Steve chatting about it, um, I thought I'd invite someone from another podcast I listen to. It's a uh, Doctor Who related podcast. God help you all. Yes, <laughs> a bit more geekery thrown in hence why I'm just sitting back drinking beer tonight <laughs> in, in your flash t-shirt so uh, the, uh, the, the the third <laughs> voice you can hear is a guy called John West and I shall let him introduce himself from there good evening hi uh, so I'm John West and I'm uh, one of the I'm the third wheel of a Doctor Who podcast called I'll Explain Later um, and uh, I, I guess I'm here as well because I have Opinions. Oh, we like that. Yeah, we like on, someone on brand. On brand. Guests, guests that can really on brand. Yeah, get on brand and get with it. Yeah, but I do. I do have Read the memo. I, I think do that's have... probably the best pronounced opinions we've ever had. Yeah, we've got to aspirate definitely. the H. I feel. Yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely. Um, no, but I, I, uh, I do have a beery, a beery past, um, which I suppose we'll get into later. But I was, I, I was, uh, I'm an erstwhile contributor to Staunch's beer blog, um, and uh, I, I did have my own. Um, mercurially named uh, podcast oddly named podcast uh, Jesus John blog back in the day 2009 to 2011 uh, it was named after uh, an academic institution I attended so yes I have a bit of a beer past okay well would you want to share a bit of your your beer journey with us people know ours so they're bored with our one yeah yeah, well we don't need to do that so I'm 34 years old and I guess basically I first was going into pubs when I was about 15, 16. And I feel like, uh, you know, there's this big thing about millennials at the moment. Everyone, Everyone's focused on what millennials want. And those of us born in the early 80s, we're sort of caught between two stores. We're neither Generation X, but we're not quite Generation... Uh, we're not quite the millennial generation. And I feel that that perennial, I call it, <laughs> bit between... Loving the words. Yeah. Oh, I am. Are you looking them up yet? No. <laughs> okay. Don't look um, up. Don't look up. Again, let me just reference. Sitting back... Drinking beer. Okay, doing fuck all. Don't don't look up perineum. Uh, I'm gonna read it. Don't okay. <laughs> don't don't look up perineum. You won't like it. But that okay. perennial that, that that sort of early eighties bit. I think those of us born in that generation were really the last people who could go to the pub underage, look the publican in the eye, and say, "A pint of London Pride, please," and still get served without being asked for ID. So when I was fifteen, sixteen, um, I was and this was down in Kent, West Kent. I was a big fan of um, London Pride, and especially down in West Kent. Um, you know, I, I went to school um, in West Kent. Well, they had from... London Pride at your school. Brilliant. Well, around the corner. Um, <laughs> in a minute, we'll stop interrupting him and just let him talk. <laughs> but I used to go. I had a pal. We don't know of anyone else. I had a pal from Tunbridge Wells, and he took me down to the pubs in Tunbridge Wells, and uh, there I got drinking London Pride and Harvey's Best. If you ordered cask beer, you were more likely to get served because they just went. You might look like a kid, but anyone ordering cask bitter is clearly not trouble. It's really interesting. If you think back to those times uh, when I was living in Cambridge 2001 through 2009-10, we saw the beginnings of um, Brewdog. A lot of cask Brewdog came through the, 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 the pumps in those days. I never tried cask Brewdog. Oh, cask punk IPA was a real thing Did of you, beauty. Steve? I never, never tried, tried the Scottish brewery on cask, no. <laughs> <laughs> Cask Punk and it's original. Did you not brief him? No, that was the one bit I wasn't expecting. Okay. <laughs> Cask, Cask Brewdog uh, Punk IPA, six point one percent in its original iteration. I remember getting a text from my mate Rod Thomas, a big burly guy who looks like Bluto out of Popeye, and he said, I um, that 
Yeah. He, he said, I got a text from him saying, Brewdog Punk IPA is on cask. And this was must have been 2008. I rushed down there. And it was nectar. But, you know, I'm thinking back then of beers like, you know, exciting beer back in 2001 through 2005, 2007. You're talking Woodford's Wherry or Dark Star Hophead or, you know, even Bateman's Double XB or something, you know, or Triple XB. Some of the beers that you're you would... listing beers which Steve loves right now. Oh no, I can tell. No, 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 I no, no. But, but I'm just saying that what counted as something different across the bar, it's extraordinary the rate of change. So I came to London in 2010. There must have been six. I mean, certainly in 2006, there were like six or seven breweries in London. Yeah, there weren't many. I mean, you, Youngs had already moved out. You had Fuller's. Meantime. Sam Brooks. Zero degrees, you have to count in there yeah, as well. up at uh, Blackheath. Yeah. So, yeah, half a dozen tops. Easy. Not, not many more than that. And we're seven years on. Yeah. By the time, so and by 2010, you know, not much had changed. Two or three years later, you're talking Colonel had opened, um, you know, pressure drop arrive, um, various others. And, and the explosion has got to the point now I mean here we sit in 2017 there must be 80 odd yeah. breweries in London I'm, I'm well unable at this point to keep up with everything that's open and at this point I think and I think this is true of the wider craft for want of a better term he's mentioned the C word <laughs> I, you know, we did tell him about that we said no you can't say Honestly, the C word this is the last time you get to invite a guest because you, you need to brief these people on <laughs> things they can't say <laughs> Basically, I said don't use the c word. Oh, yeah, but he's already thrown in the Scottish brewery as well. Yeah, I mean, I, I did forget that one. For want of a, but but for want of a better term, and I, you know, but that explosion of breweries, I mean, I very much operate on the same terms as say, as a blogger, a blogger I like a lot, Tandleman, who's rather more of a, a cask man. I'm, I'm an ecumenical drinker. I like cask, keg, bottle. My heart's always with cask, but he always talks about the circle of trust. Yeah, um, he does. The, the the breweries that are within that circle of trust, and you need to earn that trust. And that's where I am with London breweries at the moment. There's just so many of them, so many of them, it's difficult to keep up. And I guess, you know, today's main theme is go-to beers, and that, that fits with that theme of a circle of trust, what's in that. That's it, it's it's it? really interesting that you say yeah. that, actually, because, and, and we'll come on to it, that there were a lot of comments that, that, that came in about this week's poll where, where people were like, I'm just fed up trying new crap beer yeah. from breweries that I simply don't trust. Yeah. So it's something that we'll... We can come, get into that a bit more, we'll, can't we'll, we? We'll come back to that, absolutely, yeah. Um, we've not spoken about beer yet. No, that's, that, yeah, we haven't. And, and we're, we're all we've spoken about me a lot, though, and I'm very happy about that. that, yeah. that that's worked for me a lot. Yeah, not so much. Even <laughs> <laughs> though I'm taking a back seat tonight. <laughs> Not so much. Rather uh, a backseat driver, if you ask me. Yeah. But uh... mm. um, <laughs> so uh, we were drinking a beer. The Whitstable uh, Pale Ale, three and a half percent. We class. are in a Shepherd Neem pub, which, given my Kentish background, was a was a was a brave choice. We arranged, we arranged it specially for you. Yeah, we are, <laughs> and it's it's probably. I'm, I'm going to set this up front now. Uh, we're really grateful to to Shepherd Neem as well for sorting out a room for us tonight. Yep. Uh, not only the room, but they've also given us all the beers on on, on tap yep. as, uh, as well. So uh, the beers that we're drinking tonight are free. Um, and so firstly, thank you very much. Absolutely, thanks, thanks for that. And particularly thanks to, to John Humphreys for sorting that for us, uh, and to to the manager Mike uh, at the Hoopen Hoopen Grapes, Grapes near Farringdon, Farringdon, below the um, Auburn Viaduct. It's a good so beer guide listed pub. It, it is. Um, and, and it's very atmospheric. It's got the whole Dickensian thing. Uh, uh, you know, as always, that's not going to affect the, the views that we have on the beers. No. I've got to say, the, 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 the cask pale suffers, I think, from a lot of Shep's beer. Um, has Green King beer, cask beer, with the exception of their mild, which I think is great. That's it. He's now, he's now mentioned... <laughs> The Holy Trinity, or the Unholy Trinity, in in the first twenty minutes of the podcast. Thank you and good night. Brilliant. Join us again for. I'm, I'm going. I'm just... No, so Steve's going to go and eat crisps. So Green King. Um... That that for anyone who's confused, is Steve going? 
He's gone. He's genuinely gone. He's genuinely gone. Um, Which means we can drink his beer. Oh, thank God. That's not too bad, is it? Uh, but no, seriously, though, uh, they make a good mild, and that's the only good thing they do. And what their Sheps? beer is... No, 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 no. Green King. Oh. With Sheps, uh, I think Sheps and Green King often get bracketed as sort of heritage breweries that aren't much loved by the C Arati. Yes. Um, and I think that's a bit unfair to both of them because they both brew a couple of good beers. Uh, in the case of GK... There's no phrase about faint damning praise there. <laughs> um, the, the, the mild is, is, is really world class. Everything else is horrible. In the case of um, Sheps, I think on form, Master Brew, their session bitter... is excellent. It's like being catapulted through a hedgerow. It's just got that vegetal bitterness and... Yeah, but it's, it's well done. Oh, God. Is it 4%? Yeah. Uh, it's not... They it's always have it on the old Dr. Butler's head and they may work. But a lot of their... A lot of Sheps cask feels like a good beer that's sort of passed its best, even when on good form. And I fear that the Whitstable Bay cask falls into that bracket. But the Whitstable Bay lager that we had earlier... Was lovely. Very, genuinely very good. Very clean, quite I mean, aromatic. How many, how many pints did you try, Steve, just to make sure? Three pints, just to make sure it was tasting okay. Yeah, and it was tasting spot on. Every pint. Yeah, mm-hmm. but again, and, and we've had this a few times in the past, Whitstable Bay is supposed to be like Shep's. Go on, go on, Steve. Come on. Come on. You can say it. Just, and this is just for, just for Roof, this is. Here comes the audible sigh. Craft hey! Steve's back in the room. We're, we're very proud of you. We, we, we are. Yes, it is supposed to be because they've got a range of the Whitstable Bay, haven't they? It's different pump clip, slightly different brands. It's in 500 mil clear glass bottles. Um, so we've moved on to the next beer. Thank yeah, God. Which is one of their retro ranges, isn't the, it? This is, which is, then this is what we're going to be doing for the rest of the evening. Is the, is the Shepherd Neen kind of this this retro range? It's where they've dug back into the archives, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. So this is the first one up is the Brilliant Owl, which is a five point six percent golden beer for all intents and purposes. Which is why it's got the word brilliant, isn't it? The, the labels, the is labels for these, it has to be said, are really Bang beautiful. Yeah, yeah, I think they're brilliant. It was the IPA that I first found, which will be next up, but I think the word brilliant is there because of the, the, the sunshine bit rather than it saying it's brilliant, wasn't it? I think so, and that yeah. was, That's the history behind it. What do we think of the nose? It's quite fruity, actually. Hmm. Rotting fruit, though, don't you think? No. No. No, that's harsh. I have just a little bit of summer fruits in there, just, just a hint. Yeah, I don't think it's, it's not a... I'm getting a bit of Marmite. Marmite, really? Mm. Did you get the dirty glass? <laughs> no, I'm not convinced. It's quite clean on the on the palate, but it does sit a bit sweet. What have you guys been up to recently, beer wise? So we're in a Shep's pub. Let's we'll talk about Shep's as we go through the evening anyway. The go-to beer scene. What have you been up to, Steve? Uh, I went to Manchester. Ah, oh, beer week for for the end of the beer week. How did it go? Uh, it was good. It was it was very good. I um went to people would have heard by now the uh that the short show that we put out or the of three short episodes that we put out this week of course they would have of of the various interviews that i did throughout the week but uh i started off my uh four days in manchester with a galway bay tap takeover dangerous for you very dangerous considering i went started off on their session ipa and then jumped straight to a fun and fury and then hit 200 fathoms there was nothing in between no so, what was that, Althea? Yep. Foam and Fury, 200 fathoms. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you very much. I'm fairly, I'm fairly certain there's, there's a, a more expanded range of the Galway Bay. There, there is much more of, of the Galway Bay expanded range, but I then, uh, on the Thursday night, I then caught up with Mark Johnson, uh, and we had a few beers in, in town uh, as well. Um, and, uh, yeah, he took me to a few places where we had differing views on, Yes, so I, noticed, so, so I noticed on Twitter. Yeah, yeah. It was all your fault. Apparently it was all my fault. It was nothing to do you with You picked the, the wrong beers in the wrong places. The bars were just serving bad beers. Yeah. Um, which I'm sure Mark will continue to argue <laughs> uh, about this with me. And then on Friday I uh, went to the Peel Crow Summer Beer Thing um, for the first session of that. Um, and I've got to say, I'm, I'm going to kind of wrap this up in, in one go with the Peel Crow Summer Beer Thing. They almost nailed it as, as far as beer festival w- was concerned. So, um, and this this lends itself a little bit to what uh, Roland was saying on last week's Stephen Roland's beer podcast 
about beer festivals not having session times. So you got a wristband and you were in for the day. Uh, you could leave and you could come back. Um, Spot on. The, the way it was set up, they had the, the Pilcro bar was uh, where it always is in, in its, its location. For, for the listeners, Steve is drawing a, a diagram in the air for us with his arms stretched out. Okay, so, so, you, so you had the Bill, Pilcro bar and then the square outside the bar, there was a marquee. Uh, and in the marquee were all the festival beers. And you could not get into the marquee without a wristband. You could go to the pub okay. if you didn't have a wristband, so, but you couldn't get into the did festival. You pay, for the, you pay for the wristband to get into the festival bit? That, that was your ticket to, right. to, to get in. And if you bought in advance, you got a, a token uh, as well. And, and you could come in and out as you want. You could go in and out as you want, and you could go away and you could come back. And if you had the coloured wristband for that day, you were there and, until the session finished. Duration. Yeah. Sounds, that sounds like a really good setup. It was, it was, a lot of people could learn from that the setup. The setup was perfect. Uh, 10 tokens for 20 quid, so two quid a token. I'm a big fan of the, I'm a big fan of the token beer festival. So that, and, and Depends what the token gets you. So what did it, what did it oh, no, 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 I agree. But just in terms of the simplicity at the bar. Yeah, ordering. I agree with that. Yeah. So what, what so every beer served in a third, regardless of its ABV. So, and I literally went... I have, from I've one lost end interest of the scale now. to the other. So Which way did you start? I went from 3.8% oh, okay. to I thought you were going to start off by saying you went for 10 <laughs> and worked your way down. Nearly. There was, a, there was a slight FOMO moment where somebody said, you really need to drink the Omnipolo barrel-aged anagram blueberry cheesecake stout at 14% before it goes. Okay. So then I hit that mid-afternoon. But you, if you'd done that straight away, that would have ruined the first half a dozen beers. Absolutely, because the flavours on it were exactly what it said. That does that. That does sound like a sea bomb. It, it was an amazing beer, though. It was. It was, was it uber craft? But it did everything it said on. You just. But you started off with Sonoma. Yeah. Cracking. You started off on the low beers. But Sonoma on good form. to start. At Sonoma was. I had it a couple of times over the weekend, and it was it was cracking on on every occasion. It always is. Because it's, I, I will still maintain, I've said it before, I'm going to say it again, that for its ABV, it's the best beer of that style in the UK right I now. I think it's brilliant. Absolutely brilliant it is. There, there is not a better powwow at 3.8% in the UK right now. Mm. It really isn't. Mm. And I, I would challenge anyone to, to, to come at me. I think mean, John might be offering a challenge, but we'll come we'll to that. Um, so, so, yeah. maybe, maybe not at 3.8%, but... So, so that was nice, and, and, and the, so, so the Pilcrow bar itself, you could, as a, as a non-festival goer, you could still go into the bar and buy the beers. They did have one wall of kegs that were part of the festival, though, as well. So punters could buy those, but if you had festival tokens, you could also get one as a... Was it called the wall of keg? It wasn't called the wall oh, of keg. Oh, it should have been. But it should That's have been. a missed hey, opportunity. That That's a missed opportunity. It, it, that was a missed opportunity. It, it should have been. Ma- maybe Manchester Beer Week 2018 should yeah. say wall of keg. Absolutely. <laughs> wall of keg, world of pub really liked the way they set the bars up as well so the bars were by style rather than by brewery or uh, anything textbook. else yeah. so you had a session bar you had two bars that were hoppy and hoppier you had sour and fruit and then you had other which was where anything that didn't fit into okay, so can I ask you a really geeky question within the bars how was it organised by brewery so like if you were in the hoppy bar it, it was literally just ten breweries that, that were listed. But then was it alphabetical? No. And and then they had, within each bar, they had pre-released um, what, what beers were going to be on. So you had on first, up next, and then. Oh, okay. that is good. I'm going to bring you back to your opening sentence. Almost. Almost. The, the couple of things for me that let it down were um, the beers didn't go quick enough. In, in terms of being replaced, so oh, I, I was awful. in I was in on Friday and Saturday. Uh, oh, was that because you were doing water sometimes? Uh, I, I was doing beer, water, beer, water, beer, uh, water. Uh, it's, hand, it's his own fault. It wasn't yeah. me just drinking everything. They hand banked it then. Uh, hand banked on that. <laughs> but the beers didn't, and I think it was down to ticket sales. Um, the, the, the beers just didn't go as quick as they expected. So when I got there on the Saturday, it was the same selection yeah, of see, beers. The, the as, thing as is, as next Friday. year the Pilcro, if they do the Pilcro thing again, that'd be more popular again. It, it will be. It, it will be and, and they said they hadn't and, and you can listen to this in the interview that we did with them uh, earlier on this week Becky was saying that they hadn't sold out but they didn't want to sell out because they wanted to be able to sell tickets on the door yeah. so if somebody was walking past they could just go well, what's going on here can I come in and, and which I think is brilliant there should always yeah. be a percentage of those tickets so, totally I, I can't blame them for the, the fact that the beers weren't selling quick enough 
you, you know, because by the time I left on Saturday afternoon, every bar had a queue. Yeah. So this is the first time they've done it. It is. It yeah. is. They'll so, they'll learn, I think, because it sounds like a pretty good yeah. setup. And also, generally. more people come. Yeah. yeah. Second thing was there was no water. Mm. Oh, so you yeah. had to buy it from the bar. No, hang on, buy bottle. Yeah, to buy. Or I, I, they would fill up an empty bottle from their tap, but there was no obvious place to get water. Fail. Um, and the third one was. So that reason alone, I'm out. <laughs> out. It's, it's, this is the typical, you know, family fortunes. Third big X. <coughs> music got too loud. Oh as, no, as, no. no. What was the music out of interest? Uh, it was just DJs. Just rotating oh. DJs. Oh, we're talking um, Deep House. Uh, I don't know. It was just it was just too electronica. Um, so but you, you know you can't take that away from what they've set up there because yeah. it was a fantastic fantastic environment. You've got this marquee which is essentially a beer festival. The only way you get into the marquee is with wristband and the only way you buy beers once you're in the marquee is with tokens. And, and that's that's how it was. Oh, mm. I would say Food offering was great. Nine, the environment was great. Ninety percent there. Ninety percent, yeah. Mm. But hopefully they'll learn. Yeah. From from that next year. So so that was that was my Friday and Saturday. If Friday wasn't enough, I then went from the Peel Crow to the Buxton Tap. Table. Yeah, I was, I was afraid you might mention this. I'm, I'm sorry, but I've, I've got to. And and if oh, I saw you tweeted uh, a picture of um, was it Axe Edge Cask versus Axe Edge um, Keg? Yeah, yeah. That I want to know about because um, I have had both, but never side by side. It's the first time I've had them side, and it's the first time I've ever seen them in a bar at the same time. So as come well, on, as, as well. Let us know. Um, Cask Axe has got a deeper flavour to it. Mm. It's a lot smoother. Is it the same percentage? Uh, I believe so, yeah. It's the same beer. Ba- I mean, it's it's basically beer. No, it is, it is, right? Because a lot of the time they... Yeah, no, 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 you're absolutely right. But I, I really do think in this on this on this occasion it is the same beer. Yeah. yeah. Um, whereas the, the keg version is still crisp and fresh and it's everything that you want in a West Coast IPA. And just to uh, add a little bit, Steve's smiling when he's talking about the keg bit there. I, I am. It couldn't help a grin... <laughs> I, I would say <laughs> his hot grin came I'm, across I'm, his face I'm smiling more about what's to come next I, 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 I just very quickly interject sorry but I, I found that I, I love the keg and I love the cask but I've actually always liked it best out of the bottle I found it very com- I found it totally most compelling out of the bottle the, the best I've ever tasted it is from the tap house in Buxton oh which, well yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, which is where it's at it's absolute best and I will agree with that so, so, so I got in there and I went to the bar and I bought those two beers and obviously took a picture of them. Yeah. What, what, what you didn't see in that picture was the massive FOMO moment I had <laughs> while I was at the bar because I thought the, uh, the Guatemalan extra coffee port was going to sell out. So I also bought a third of that while I was buying the two axe edges so that I could <laughs> have it, so that I actually had it to come back to. Somebody went, then went to the bar and bought a round of the ice cream beers that were also on cask as well. And there was apparently one point where I had five beers in front of me and people were like, he's never going to get through those. And by all accounts, I disappeared, leaving most of them undrunk. <laughs> had you touched them though? I had, I had I'd drunk enough of them to be able to check them in on untapped. Okay, so that's, no, that's, no, that's all that matters. No sips. No, no sips. No tasters. sips, they were proper tasters. So, so that was great. And then um, just to finish my uh, Manchester beer adventure, I went to uh, the Homebrew Expo at Beer Nouveau on, on Sunday. Um, was expecting just to go in to try just a few of the beers that was on offer. Walked in and Steve said, would you like to judge? I was up in an R-ing, was volunteered to judge, and then was told I had to try 21 beers. So that was then became a very interesting afternoon. <laughs> And I think we're quite happy to still see you here, Steve. And I'm still here, and I'm I'm still talking. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah, there was a. a certain, and with glass in hand as well. Certain reservation to my drinking this weekend. Yeah. But, no, um, very well done. Very well done. It sounds like a cracking weekend, though. When when I first met Will from Galway Bay, I met him in the in Paul Street Beer House, and he was going through some of the beers, and he was having a bit of a tough time with some of them. And he was like, "Recommend me something." And Track Sonoma was on. I was like, that. "Get a pint of that." And and he drank it, and he was like, "That is." fucking incredible oh that is and, and it's, it's like when you, you you know when you have that moment where you've recommended the beer to mm. a head brewer of a brewery <laughs> that you adore yeah, yeah yeah and he loves the beer that you've recommended but that beer is fully Win. yeah I was like, <laughs> yes come on that beer arrived fully realised yeah it, it's really good I don't, I've yeah. never seen anyone have a bad word about it 
No. Have you not had it yet? Oh, no, we've had it, yeah, yeah. yeah, we, yeah, did. Oh, right. yeah. we did cast and keep yeah. when we were in uh, Manchester. Oh, right? cool. So, yeah. so in summer, anyway, just to, to, to try and move this on a little bit, uh, Manchester Beer Week, for me, I only did the last four days, but from what I saw from the rest of it, um, was absolutely uh, amazing. And you've probably picked up that we're uh, we're involved next year so in a challenge uh, apparently so, yes. against Beer Nomicon. So it's, <laughs> so it's opinions versus Beer Nomicon on a pub crawl stroke quiz night and we have to take their crown. Yeah, so um, I, I did notice the gauntlet had been laid down and you had accepted on our behalf. I, I think it was laid down at the moment where I decided I was going to sit at the table that said this is reserved for Beer Nomicon to record and I sat at their table to do all of my recordings <laughs> and, and then when they tried to come over I was telling them to go away. But you can, you can hear all of that in, in, in the shows, in, 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 shows. in, in the mini shows, the, what the past shows now as, as this is released. Yes. Um, go back and listen to the, the, the three short interviews I did as, as part of Manchester Beer Week because each of them brings a, a little something different to, to what the week was about. It's good to you good to you did a bit of work while you were there, Steve. Well, you made me. <laughs> yeah, I did mention it, didn't <laughs> you, I? You, you did. And I, uh, to be fair, I had had it all done by two o'clock on a Friday afternoon. I was like, Party! <laughs> I'm done. Yeah. Um, so while I was um, pissing it up in Manchester, you were drinking lots of lager in Oh, yeah, I was drinking lots of Kolsch. I went to Cologne Same and thing. Dusseldorf for a couple of days and uh, drank, well, what would be classed as the uh, go-to beers in Cologne and uh, Dusseldorf, Kolsch and Outbeer. Still desperately trying to get this thing back onto top. Onto go-to beers, yeah. <laughs> and um, yeah, so I won't say too much about it because there's not too much you can say about Kolsch and go and Outbeers anyway. But what I will say is that we found a couple of craft places, one in uh, Cologne, and they had six out of the 14 taps had Kerner on. Really? Which I very oh, rarely find in London. Win. Yeah. yeah. Unfortunately, none of them had the IPA. Because otherwise, no, no Colonel IPA. Because otherwise, I just would have stayed there the whole night. I always prefer the Colonel Pales to the Colonel IPAs anyway. Oh no, the the, the IPA, the six point seven we had recently, but uh, lovely place. Only been open since November. It's still gaining a bit of traction as well. It's it's a hard market to break in those parts of Germany. Yeah, definitely. They're very entrenched in their regional beers. Uh, Went to Dusseldorf on the Sunday after the Tour de France had left. Shit weather this weekend while we were there, while you guys had nice weather here. Why did you go after it left? Because it was packed beforehand. Okay. And uh, we'd been so out. So I really, long. I've never been to Dusseldorf. I only really know Schlosser out. So there must be some better outs than that. Yeah, well, Schlosser's okay, but it's not the best one. Yeah. Uh, no, it is okay, but it's, yeah. Yeah, uh, but I mean, the thing with Outbees is very much a, can be a very malty, sweet, almost English bitter. Yeah, type of feel. And we've experienced that a couple of times. Yeah, share, haven't we? Not quite as musty as those ones, though. <laughs> um, but uh, we did we did have a couple of nice ones. But we managed to again stumble on a craft beer place, which I heard about, but until the last the weekend before last was always closed on a Sunday, and it was open. Looked at the tap list, and saw the beer I was going to have last. So the Kentucky Kentucky Breakfast Stout was on tap. Uh, so I thought, okay, I'm interested. That was this year's version of it as well. Yeah, 2017. Yeah. Uh, so I said, I was right. So I told my brothers, this is what we're finishing on, and then you can work towards it. So I let them choose their own beers before that, but said that's what we're finishing on, and uh, that got from my youngest brother. He doesn't like spirits at all. Bit of a mixed response because you get that really heavy, heavy bourbon, bourbon yeah. nose yeah. straight away. Yeah. There's no hiding it. Especially so if you like bourbon, it's perfect. Yeah, yeah. If you're uh, if it's, you're a bit allergic to it you get it straight away so if it's a flavour you don't like or an aroma you don't like you get it straight away don't you uh, Paul is quite partial to whis- whiskey my, the other brother the one who lives in Cologne and he thought oh yeah this, this does smell nice um, by the end of it though they both really enjoyed it unfortunately we were still drinking after that that was at 7 o'clock uh, <laughs> because they were closing at 7 o'clock unfortunately for us seriously we stay there. oh yeah, it was Sunday yeah, 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 yeah they're yeah. also playing about with the does Sunday work for them uh, so they're just doing 12 till 7 on Sunday yeah, so yeah it was uh, and then we went back into Cologne and watched Germany win football again and uh, drank more Kolsch but the uh, yeah it was a nice weekend not too heavy not quite the wide variety of beers that you tried Steve um, but yeah did manage to get a bit of craft in there a bit of the C word nice nice done yeah any favourites for you over the last couple of days? Well, yeah. actually, you know, I've had a couple of beer adventures the last couple of months. Um, I was delighted to hear you mention Galway Bay, uh, Steve. I, I um, was in Dublin just a few weeks ago, and um, I went to the Black Sheep, 
um, which is uh, near O'Connell Street. We haven't been to that one, have we? We've might been. Have done. I, I might have been there. I've been to Brewdock and their beer market. I haven't been to Black Sheep. And it's uh, between Parnell Street, O'Connell Street, that kind of area, uh, north of the Liffey. Um, it's an extraordinary pub, and the beers are, as I'm sure you are well aware, absolutely stunning. And the cask, as well, as something of a cask. I didn't try that cask. Fan. We we struggled to find Irish cask, yeah. didn't we? Yeah. No, yeah. this well, if if you're in town, the black the black sheep certainly has terrific cask, and 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 they do it very well. So we were delighted to be there. Um, but I must confess, with all all due respect to Galway Bray Brewery. My find from Dublin was the White Hag uh, Brewery. Uh, and I've got to say, big thank you to the Beer Nut, a blogger and uh, Twitter, yeah, Twitter fellow. Yeah. Uh, he was the one who said we should try that out. And the Little Fawn um, Session IPA, just exceptional. 3.8%, got the same sort of flavour profile as, uh, say, Beavertown uh, Neck Oil. Yeah. But I think it's a much better beer real clarity in the flavours real layering of it it's got a haze but you can still see through it and it's just gorgeous uh, really really enjoyed that and their IPA as well um, knockout absolutely knockout terrific where, where, brewery where their so, they're, so they're in Sligo uh, but we, we had them in the oh god now I need to uh, find it but they, I think we had them and in they're only quite a lot of places aren't yeah, they yeah lots of places in Dublin um, we certainly found them in I don't suppose they're still doing the uh, coffee nitro stout. <laughs> I think that's all gone. That I don't remember. Apart from the bottle that I've got in my cellar. Um, but no, they, they were in the, well. uh, the the Buck's Head. Is it the Buck's Head in Dublin? Might be. I've not heard of that one. We haven't tried them all. God. To I've, be been, fair, I've, the, I've been to, to Dublin a lot of times and I've been very drunk every time I've been there. So I've got, And we spent the bulk of the waking hours at the beer festival last time. We, we did. Yeah, we, we got a little bit institutionalised. <laughs> oh, the Stag's Head. I do apologise. The Stag's Head, Dublin. Okay. Which, did. by the way, has the best staff of any pub we went to. And that's that's very close to the sort of um, uh, Temple Bar strip. Final thoughts on the beer? Well, it's gone. Yeah. I enjoyed it. I, I enjoyed it. It's I, very I, easy. I found it very easy to drink. It's very easy to drink. Yeah. Far from dying in the glass, I thought it, I thought it improved. Maybe just from uh, getting a bit warmer. I just thought it was... Um, no, it's, it's, for me, that would be one that I'd like to have quite cold. I'd have it colder. Yeah, yeah. I, I, see, this maybe this is the cask fan in me, but I quite liked as it warmed up. I felt it got spicier. I liked it more. Uh, a little bit of news this, this week. We wasn't going to do news, but we kind of felt as though we had to. Because yes. there was... There uh, was some news. There was announce, an announcement today that... Kind of, we were expecting at some point, but maybe not this soon. This wasn't what we were expecting either. No, so uh, a few weeks ago we were talking about Carlsberg were looking for a UK craft brewery to invest in. Yeah. Um, and we all had bets. Yeah, on and then uh, a few people on Twitter said, said their versions as well. Yeah. And no one came out with this one, did they? No. Um, so Carlsberg essentially invest in a joint venture with Brooklyn Brewery. Which is as big a surprise anyway. Yeah. Into London Fields. Yes. Who don't have the best track record. Well, they no longer brew at London Fields, for starters. There's some questionable practice yes. there. Is, is this... Is this simply Carlsberg buying a brand? Uh, yeah, it's, 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 the question is why. I don't understand the why. You had a really good tweet that you found about this, yeah, which the, I thought was hilarious yeah, and, the, the, the and encapsulated it perfectly. Carlsberg appeared to have bought the craft brew equivalent of a petrol station bouquet of flowers. And that was from Sam Parker <laughs> at Sam Parker. At Sam Parker's nailed that. He did, he did say, for the benefit of balance, I would also like to point out that many petrol stations offer fine for all selections. Which <laughs> <laughs> make fine gifts. So I did, I love that bit as well. But yeah. I, I thought that sounds, I really, I just, I, I don't understand. I don't understand the Brooklyn, where, where does Carlsberg and Brooklyn tie up? I, I don't understand. That's the, the most interesting part of this. connection is. So I, I think we need to come back to this next week with maybe a little bit more insight. Um, so, so that's the one piece of news for, for this week, and we will come back to that uh, next week because I think I think we are going to see more about that come come out over over the next week or, or so. Uh, it's time uh, to get into a little bit of this. Opinions, 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 opinions. 
opinions. Are go-to beers a part of your drinking regime was our question. We had yes or no. And why, how did it go, Steve? Why was it our question, though? Why, why, why? I'm finding the results? Finding the results. <laughs> I, I'm going to deflect back to you. Why, why did we choose this question this week? Well, I did a couple of blog posts. One was just listing. Literally, I listed my top 10 beers that I'd had quantity-wise on Untapped over the four years because obviously before May 2013 I didn't drink beer and that got a lot of traction didn't it that yeah. post um, and then I sort of backed it up with the um, like adding a bit of a flavour to why I'd done why those beers were my go-to beers um, a bit more of a background to it so for example Fuller's London Pride is second on my list I love London Pride on, on cast but the reason why it's second on the list is because it's the house beer at work so when we have any sort of event London Pride's available so that was one of the mitigating reasons why it was up there. I, I love that at your work we you have a house, house beer. beer. Strictly speaking, we have two house beers, but Speckled Hen is the other one. So you can see why London Pride is the one on my list. And we've already established that we're not allowed to talk about that. No, no, we're not allowed yeah. to. Um, so yeah, I, I did a bit of a, you know, a bit more behind the headlines, effectively. So give a bit more feedback to it. And um, you know, I, I did actually. It's probably the most uh, traction and comments that I got from a blog post in the two years I've been blogging, where mm. we had people talking about either their go-to beers or saying, "Well, we don't really have a go-to beer. There's so many beers to go f- go to these days. Why would I go to one beer all the time?" But a lot of people also did their top tens as well. Yeah. So I know I did. Yeah. In, in response to it, I went into my Untapped and had a look at my top ten, and I was surprised. Yeah, particularly by one of the entrants <laughs> on, on that top which 10. was uh, Hobgoblin it was Hobgoblin <laughs> I think featured number 7 which I'm currently trying to do my best to get no, the, you're trying to get out of the top 10 <laughs> out of the top 10 now does that yeah. mean you're checking in all your beers now uh, just to get I'm, out of the top no, 10 no I'm still not checking in all of my beers because I, I think we mentioned earlier that I've had I had three pints of the uh, of the lager before we started recording tonight I've only checked one of them in because I've done I don't feel the need to check the answer. How do you expect to get Hobgoblin outside of your top 10 if you're not checking well, in all your beers? Well, because I think, what was Hobgoblin, uh, 22 check-ins? I don't think we're ever going to tw- drink 22 beers, 22, the Whitstable Bay lager, 22 times. <laughs> so uh, You never know. You, you never know, and I, I, I should maybe start checking every beer in. But, you but, never know. But yeah, so I was yeah. certainly one of those that responded with my 10, yeah, and, and I know there was a lot of others as yeah, well. Yeah, and I do, I do check in every beer. So if I've had a beer, I still check it in. I might not comment... Or it's really good. I might say it's top form, banging, smashable, whatever the appropriate phrase might be. But I, I check in every beer religiously. Um, that's the OCD bit. But I did get some really good feedback, and we talked about it over the last couple of months about how to can we do a show round it? You know, what's your go-to beers? Is there a go-to beer? Do people even have them? And that, that's where the question came from. We thought we'd keep it simple. Yeah. Because everyone likes to yes no. We didn't we, even we, we didn't even that give, in the last few weeks. We didn't even give the dodgy third option. No. Didn't even give the what the fuck option. So how did it go, Steve? Uh, 322 votes. Uh, 70% in favour of yes, 30% in favour of no. So, so, so quite clearly, uh, most of our listeners, people that interact with us, are in favour of having a go-to beer as part of their drinking regime. Yeah, and so what, what's your version of a go-to beer then, Steve? Is it, is it a particular beer? Is it a style? Um, mine is... I suppose the beer that's always in the fridge, that the beer that I will always, if I walk into a bar and it's on, I will drink that first over something new. Or if we take the example of last month's bottle share, where Cannonball appeared <laughs> on, on the keg line, it was uh, pretty much all I wanted to drink. That's all you did drink. And that's all I did drink because the beers that everybody else bought were appalling. Yeah, so uh, I, I, I had two go-to beers that night, Citra at the start, yeah. from Oakham, and then I had Cannonball at the end. But, okay. but for me, I, t- I suppose it's a combination of beers that are readily available, and it's just that beer that you want to open your fridge and have it be there and reach for, maybe before you start getting into some of the interesting stuff. You see, that's similar to me, but that's when I'm out. I, very, I don't think I have a go-to beer at home. It's more going to a pub I know, and I'll go for, especially referencing back to what John said earlier, I'm a bit of a cask boy at heart anyway, and cask features quite heavy in my go-to beer range. And you're not going to get that home, are you? Yeah, I don't get cask. You can't replicate cask beer in a bottle. And even if you take it away from a pub, it's not the same. Best cask beer is when it's in a pub, looked after, served well, the right conditions, everything else. Which probably explains why Ghost Ship is at the top of your list. Yep. 
yeah, and that's actually gone up since the last time. I've had a quick look. Um, but yeah, so for me, it's, I'll go for the cast bit. And then I will still look at the other beers. Um, I think one of the end of season shows, we went to my local and both started on Go Ship. And I then went to Timmy Taylor's yes, Landlord's. Yeah, yeah. You, you stayed on Go Ship. Yeah. Um, because Timmy Taylor's. Because we felt as though we needed four pints before we started recording. With beer, yes. 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 Everyone loves it when we do that. But I'm a big fan of Landlord as well. That is definitely one of my bit. I don't get it very often. So when I see it, I will literally yeah. go to it and have it. So yeah, for me, my my go-to is generally cask. And then I think about what else might be on. So that, that's really interesting because I am, if I go into a bar that's got cask and keg lines, I will, will always look at the keg lines first. Yeah, we're very different like that. But that's just because I like a fizzy beer. I, I like a beer that's cold and fizzy and... Is, is going to do things for my taste buds where I don't always believe the cask does that for me. I think well dispensed, well looked after, good cask. Sonoma, for example. Yeah. Go ship. We'll we'll do that. But but this is this is turning into a cask versus keg debate, which yeah, isn't which, which isn't what. what to <laughs> we, we you see, question, for me, this is a question of of just preference. But I will note that you know I've lived in London since twenty ten, and I. I I've, I've always been from the south. I'm from Kent, as we, we talked about earlier. I just do think that, and this is beyond the sparkler debate, cask beer is generally poorly served in London. That, you're not the first person to say that. Generally. Uh, which is not to say that there aren't lots of places you can get perfectly served cask mm-hmm. in London. But for a city of this size, you would expect more. And you go to somewhere like Manchester or York... Leeds, Sheffield, and the quality of cask-conditioned beer, the, the cellar temperature, the condition in the pint that you're getting is just generally better. Can't really disagree with any of that, to be honest. John, go-to beers for you. Is there such a thing for you? I was really taken, actually, with uh, someone who tweeted at you as a result of your um, uh, survey, um, your poll. So Mark Million Bevs who said, I used to be all about that something new when in the pub, uh, but now we'll opt for the safer, proven, good option, so tired of shit beer. I'm now, so with him on that. Now, yeah. I live, as we've mentioned ad nauseam, I live in London, and the number of new breweries I'm barely able to keep up with, um, I've definitely, as, as I said earlier, created a, a number of, you know, I've got a list in my head of breweries that are my go-to, not so much go-to beers, but go-to breweries. The breweries I trust yeah, um, I can get that as well. I understand yeah. that. And, you know, were I at North, maybe it would be Timmy Taylor, Mallinson's, Roosters. Uh, down south here, it would be, I suppose, um, uh, it would be Beavertown, it would be Colonel, it would be, um, particularly for me, my go to beer, my go to brewery would be Burning Sky. And without question, Burning Sky Plateau, 3.5%. More often than not, served at the um, Pelt Trader near Cannon Street, which is near my office. Oh, is that where you were? Yeah. Okay, Pelt, like the Pelt Trader. You know, and um, shout out to Mark if he's listening, the manager there. Um, you know, uh, 3.5%, absolutely straw coloured, clear as day. And I'm a big fan of clarity in beer. I'm not a Merck fan at all. I always think, uh, regardless of regardless of what uh, where, where the Merc has come from I don't mind a light haze I should say okay. but regardless of what the Merc is just feel that it muddies things and you don't get that strata of the stratification of taste and flavour um, but you get a beer like a Burning Sky Plateau 3.5% I wasn't expecting Absolutely. that but you're right Super. I mean, uh, that, is a, that is my go to beer to be fair the Pelt Trader often has Burning Sky Plateau on and the other one, I say, you know, uh, go. It, it's about because I'm a cask man, really at heart. I like uh, modern, sort of forward-looking, for want of a better phrase, but you know, cask beer that's maybe a little bit interesting. You know, something like uh, Dark Star APA, or um, you know, JHB. Actually, it was first brewed in '96, '98. But they've upped the hopping continuously yeah. over the years. Actually, UK hops they use exclusively there, but it's so aromatic. Again, 3.8%, straw-coloured, clear as day. Uh, anything Oakham does, basically. Um, Citro first brewed 2009, but a classic as soon as it hit. Um, 
a pub I particularly love in Leytonstone, the North Star, um, just every pump has a halo above it. Again, so for me, it's more about go-to breweries and go-to pubs. Um, but yeah, truly, those straw-coloured beers, up to about 4%, New World hopped often, um, on cask, at the right temperature, with the right condition, with good head retention, which not enough breweries are focused on. That's a good point. Maybe there's there's another show there. I think because lacing yeah. don't lie. Yeah. When you're having a beer and it laces down the yeah. glass. Well, I think what you're saying there lends itself to what somebody else says. So Andy Harbottle at Handy Andy Harbottle said, "I have go-to breweries rather than specific beers. E.g., any IPA by Cloudwater is a safe bet. Uh, or at Wyland Brewery, Swipe Right, uh, go-to summer beer." Now, um, I used to be a huge Cloudwater fan. Huge, huge, huge. I was a big fan. Big, big, big fan. I loved all their session stuff. I thought the uh, IPL, the first iteration of it was terrific. Their cask beer, especially their bitters, often uh, New World hopped, but really classic style, really balanced, quite malty, quite dark. Fantastic. But all of this Vermont stuff they're doing, all of this New World, everything they do is absolute haze monkey stuff now, yeah. and I just can't get on board with it. It just muddies everything up, and I, I, I can't taste Literally. the layers. I, I can't taste the layers. I'm, I'm with you on that, and, and it's no secret. I know it's horses for courses, but for me, yeah, no. But I'm, I'm, you know, people know that I've, I've kind of... No, 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 I'm sure they don't. Maybe fallen <laughs> out of, never, never, fallen never out of loving with, with Cloudwater. And I'm, and I'm going to say, you know, I had I had a few of their beers up at the, uh, the, the, the Peel Crow Summer Beer thing at the weekend. The problem for me was, although I had three different beers of theirs, they all tasted exactly the same. Yeah, I, yeah. I couldn't separate the profiles because all I was getting was... Full, juice, full salty, juicy mouthfeel. Cloud, and water. No, <laughs> no, nothing that separate them apart from each other. So, no, I, no. I, I mean, I, I, I do agree. I mean, it, that, that, I did like that comment. It's go-to breweries. What Johnson as well. I mean, uh, so bearded one said, my go-to beers change all the time, but mostly floats around night beers, low ABV from a cool range. Well, oh, bearded ones yeah. spot, spot on. I mean, yeah. certainly a man to my heart or a woman could be could, be, could be a bearded lady. It's definitely a man. <laughs> okay. yeah. We can we can bounce for that beard. <laughs> but I I think that's quite a good example. Uh, sort of similar to what me and John were saying about the cask beer, but not dissimilar to what you're saying about going for a cake. It's well, a style. I think I think most of the comments this week have been. Although when you go for Cannibal, it doesn't really tip the low ABV. But no, admittedly, still sessionable. Right? Um, a, lot, a lot of the comments this week have been very much on that, that same sort of theme. But before we dig into those, we are almost finished on our next yes. beer, which we've not even introduced. No. So we could probably um, just Should go to that. So, so this is Shepherd Neem, again, from their classic range. This is the India Pale Ale, 6.1%. And again, I love the branding. Pale. It stands out, doesn't it? Purple and orange. Yeah, I love the yeah. label. I prefer this a lot, the first yeah. of the bottled beers um, that we had. Initially... I thought it had too much of that caramel toffee sweetness. And a, and a quite a metallic yeah. thing at the very beginning. But that's gone. Yeah, I agree. You go down, it's really yeah. nice. Once you get it? into it, and I, I remember when I, when I saw this in Tesco, I, and they only had the one bottle, I said, have you got any more? And they said, yeah, at the back. And I said, can you go and get some, please? And I did actually wait yeah. to mm. get six of them. So I thought, actually, I'll take a few of these. They were a couple of quid. Yeah. And I thought, well, okay, I'll try for, this. For 500 mils. Well. I yeah. feel it's... It's, 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 a, it's a really nice... I think it's actually a really well-balanced beer. And again... I, I like I love it when breweries, especially the big regionals who've got a good history, delve a bit, dip into their yeah. history. Why not? Yeah, this is this has got is some. A... It feels like it's got some pedigree. I mean, if, if to, it tastes a bit like Leslie Phillips in a smoking jacket, it's got that sort of hello, I like it. I like hello. It. You know, it's it's got it's got a bit of class. I don't know what it is about their bottled beers, but they often open up a bit sharp. They like this. This needed a bit of time, didn't it? To, yeah, to yeah. open up. Yeah, it could yeah. almost be like um, opening a wine. You give it a few minutes yeah. to just aerate. But it definitely, yeah, it's really, it's quite classy a few minutes in. Yeah, I'm, I'm enjoying it. We're, we're all almost finished it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's, again, it's, for me, it's not, it's not by no means a modern IPA. No, oh god, no. It's more no. of a classic style IPA. But it's yeah, it's a very, it's a very British IPA. Classic English IPA. Yeah, yeah. It'd be lovely but with a roast dinner though, wouldn't it? Uh, you know, I think you could drink. A, I still think you can actually drink quite a few of these once you've got into it. Got past the initial bit. I think it's going to hit you hard tomorrow. It will, but yeah. you could drink a few of them. Yeah, yeah. So, coming back to the poll, yep. um, there were a few beers that uh, came Pro- up time and time up, again. Didn't they? Um, so, just, I suppose, kind of a top five of, of beers that were mentioned, top five, top six. Uh, Northern Monk, uh, Eternal and New World. Mm. Was that just you, Steve? 
don't yeah just over and over. I've only had this <laughs> I've only had their stuff canned and I've always thought it was okay but when I compare it to say Magic Rock or whatever I'm just well I, I think as we go down this list it's got a lot of hype Northern Lumps, it's, it's going to become quite revealing the, these beers because the next one is Thornbridge Jaipur the Scottish Brewery Punk Beaver Towns Gamma Ray and Fauquier Session IPA now all of those beers are maybe with the exception of Gamma Ray are all available in supermarkets yeah I think this is what this so this comes back to this how people beers. Yeah. this this comes back to how people define go to and I think that you know I'm blessed enough to live I suppose in I suppose in London uh, where you know I've got for all that I've mentioned the low density of decent cask pubs compared to the volume of population uh, there are a lot of places you can go to for sure but when I look at someone like um, Lou on Brews tweeted and she said I don't have go to beers I have fallbacks like punk which I'll take in non-craft bars, but very few other beers that I drink repeatedly. And I think, you know, a lot of people will look at, you know, the go-to thing and they'll say, I would say the Scottish brewery, if they've done one thing, they have massively, massively increased the quality of the distress purchase, whether it's in a corner uh, shop or in a supermarket. And that, agree with that. that yeah. for yeah. me, you know, if I'm in a corner shop, especially some of the more enterprising ones, you know, they'll have a few, in Hackney, they'll have a few cans of five points, if you're lucky, they'll certainly at least have punk, and then you've got your recorderling and your Copperberg and all the rubbish, the beers and ciders and God knows what else, but at least they've increased the quality of the distress purchase, and I suspect some people have looked at go-to as... Fallback. Distress purchase fallback. I quite like Lou's comment there because I've definitely gone for punk in places where I've looked around and think, no, there's nothing else. This is the Shepherd Neem double stout, 5.2%. Um, again, from their old recipe books. And in the glass, you wouldn't maybe know that this wasn't Guinness. No, you, and, you the, might and, the, even... and the, the labelling is very similar colour. It is, it's kind of that uh, off white. Kind of almost. I'm gonna. I'm gonna go with Colonel-esque colour. Yeah, parcel, parcel paper colour. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway. The, the head. Cheers. 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 The head on this is is off white. It's a lovely nose. Um, it's not quite as 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 richly beige as foreign extra. Um, the you know Guinness. The best Guinness. Hmm. So right. I think we all agree with that. Everyone would agree with that. Quite smoky. Oh, yeah. that is smoky. On, on that, that's got smoky. I never noticed that. Before. Oh, this is. I'm glad we've done it. It's warm as well. Mm. I'm glad we've done it in this order. That is smoky as hell. Right. So while, while we're drinking this, let's, let's let's just wrap this up with a couple of uh, a final comments. So one of the things that came up time and time again. Yeah. Um. So I'm going to go with Bob Maxwell's comment. At Bob Maxwell said, "I'm constantly wanting to try something new, so don't really have go-to beers." Bob wasn't the only person to say no, that. No, Bob wasn't. Was also. He? Deep breath. Greg Bullman at Greg Bullman. Andrew Sheldon at Tavare Fan Club. Brett Preston at Brett and Beer. 12 Beers at 12 Double Underscore Beers. Paul Brilly at The Real Brime. And Mr. Walker Porter at Mr. Walker Porter. The Owl Lady at The Owl Lady. And Rintra at Rintra 56 also said very, very similar comments to Yeah, to, to and uh, Bob and his wife Sarah said the same thing on my blog post when I did it as well. Yeah. It's, it's about there's so many new beers. Why would I want to stick to one? And I get that completely. I mean, it's definitely a couple more comments you need to read out. This one, this one is purely, to start off with, I'm going to say his name. It's the best Twitter handle ever. Yeah, and uh, for anyone who's who's listened to our opinions on film or knows about it will understand why. So, Bop to the Future at 1.21 gigahop says, Find either beers or my taste change, plus the majority of my top rated are infrequently brewed, although I do have go-to styles. And again, that's a different variation on the yeah. go-to thing. Yeah. So we've had go-to beers, go-to breweries, and now we're talking about go-to styles yeah. as well. So I am very much go-to keg, but go-to oh, keg. keg or IP, yeah. keg IPA. Yeah. That's that's what I will go yes. for first and foremost. Yeah, and I'll probably go for cask, but something light yeah. and golden. Similarly, uh, but then also I've got go-to nostalgia. And that's another thing. So, for example, you know, when I was growing up, and we mentioned this earlier, Harvey's Best, was that was a real eye-opener. I always loved uh, London Pride. I still do. But Harvey's Best, so floral, so yeast-led, but with the balanced hop. 
dark and malty. It seems... It? Oh, God, yes. Yeah, it, And that is a go-to. So a couple more shout-outs. I think uh, I love trying new special brews from L- Lewis Jackson. Louis Lewis or Louis underscore Jackson. Uh, but not always possible due to availability and cost. I have a couple of supermarket go-to beers. Probably a person after my own heart. I reckon that's probably uh, yeah. very very similar to yourself. Yeah. There, I mean, Steve. I think we, we often forget that many people in many parts of the country, right? The, the likeliest thing is that if they want to have some micro beers, oftentimes they have to go to a Weatherspoons. You know, a lot, so many different parts of the country. Thank you. Listen, yeah. listen to the uh, recent podcast. Listen to many of our shows. No, <laughs> no, 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 I'm a big, I'm a big spoons, yeah. I'm a big spoons fan. Probably final comment on this, which we we both loved. I love this the, one. This one. Uh, this was from Emmanuel's at Emmanuel's. A good beer is like a good tried and tested album that you just know you'll enjoy. Mine's Thornbridge Jaipur every time. I, I think that just sums up. Yeah. This, this you could substitute album for film. So that was that was interesting. That sort of wraps it up. I mean, uh, so what do you think of the? Uh, the, the retro stout. I'm really enjoying it actually. It's, yeah. it's, it's ticking all the boxes for me. It's it's working as the the, the final beer of the evening. What was as the well. percentage again? Uh, it's quite low for a stout. It's five point two percent for a double stout. So I, I assume that means something. I'd have said six and a half. Imperial stout. Yeah, I would have thought. Gun to the head. I'd have said six and a half. I would have said it's bigger than five point two. Mm. I will say this as well. Um, hat, hat tip to Shepherd Neem for their distribution because. This seems to be a beer that's not only found its way into the supermarkets, but many of the corner shops. And I think that, again, you know, just raising the level of the distressed purchase. And 500ml bottles. And brown. Well, I'm a big fan of Oakham for doing the 500ml bottles. Long may they remain that side of the craft. We were very happy with the Green Devil. A few weeks ago, (laughs) we found him where this went. Yeah, 500ml. 500ml. Thank you very much. So, yeah, that sort of wraps up the go-to beers, but... Love to hear what anyone else still has to say about it. Yeah, and we'll put a, a link in the show notes to your to, to original blog, post. Yeah. Uh, and if people want to share, share, sure, sure, If people want to share their top ten beers with us, please do uh, share them. Use the hashtag opinions, and maybe we'll read them out. Yeah, the especially there's a few goodies in there. Yeah, a- a- absolutely. And those of you who are who are Doctor Who fans, and one can one can imagine there is a, if you do a Venn diagram of beer and Doctor Who, there is there is an overlap. No, we, know, we know there's a few. We know there's an overlap because. Because the overlap three. is here tonight. Yes. <laughs> it's you it's and two, me. Two out of three. But at least, at least, uh, if, if anybody is uh, wanting to listen to a Doctor Who podcast of quality, um, then they can listen to. Uh, I'll explain later at Explain Later Pod on Twitter. Um, but you, you just put your own advert in, why don't you? <laughs> Wait for us to do it. Why do you think I'm here? Why do you think I'm here? Um, but um, no, seriously, we will publicise at the time. Uh, at an appropriate time i.e. when it's recorded and about to go out that Martin's going to come and do a return match where we discuss the pubs of Doctor Who which I have to be I'm very much looking forward to really? yeah I love that does that mean we have to go to Loch Ness love that thing no okay but we, we can do it we can certainly record it in a pub okay Right, I, I think uh, we probably need to wrap this up yeah. t- tonight because we've been going for a while now um, Bitter and Lingonis will return next week <laughs> we're, just, we're just out of time to, to do it this week um, who has won the great big box of nothing this week okay well um, first of all I'm going to give you the runner up and the runner up was me just to be clear <laughs> that was worth it just you've for seen, that you've seen, you've seen that Father <laughs> Ted episode haven't you where Hang they on. win <laughs> we, we possibly need a steward's <laughs> inquiry it's yes, outrageous. It Hold picture, on, just to be clear. Give yourself. I was... Sometimes the organizer of the raffle can win, and that's a thing that happens from time to time. <laughs> and that's actually a lovely segue because Janice Dunn, one half of the Irish beer snobs, said that's a prizes prize if ever I saw one. <laughs> well, I apologise for the accent already. But you no. can't. However, it wasn't the winner. Was it me? No. Oh. It was uh, one from Plimshaw, Bird in Hand Housted for his picture of one of the new coffee beers from Siren Craft Brew. Uh, very artistically done, I think, with the coffee beans. Oh, that's very nice. I like the, I like the, yeah, that uh, is classy. the glassware that he's put it in as yeah. well. Yeah. And a little bit of spilled coffee on the side yeah. and some coffee beans and, uh, as well. Siren's a great brewery as well. Um, incredible So picture. I think, you know, I'm looking forward to trying these beers when I get hold of them. But as usual, Sean is getting the beers a day before they're released as ever. <laughs> and um, got a picture before I've even had a chance to open one of the bottles. So... Pim Shaw has won the big box of nothing again. 
Well done, well done, Sean, and there'll be a, a link through to that in the show notes as well. So, if you do want to get involved in the show, um, if you want to get involved in the prizes prize, put a picture on Instagram, use the hashtag cheers, guys. And if it's not Martin's picture, he might award it to you next week. Maybe. Um, if you want to get involved in anything we've spoken about tonight, use the hashtag opinions, and we will pick you up in next week's Bitter and Linganist, which uh, will re- make its triumphant <laughs> return ne- next week. Uh, what are we doing on next week's show? We don't know, do we? No, we don't. Right, right now, we've got we've got a studio show. It's a studio show, but we are, I've got no idea what we're doing. We've got no topic. No. We've got no beers. No. Uh, at the moment, we know we're going to be talking about the Carlsberg London Field team. Yeah. And we know Bitter and Linganis will be back. Apart from, and Prizes Price. And Prizes Price. Apart from that. And there'll be some opinions. <laughs> but we have no idea what about. But, yeah, so, um, yeah, so, you know, look, look forward yeah. to next week's It'll show. It'll be a surprise. Now, this would have normally been the point at which we would have invited John to have, uh, have spoken a little bit about his podcast. But he's since, done it already. Seeing as he's already done that, we'll just move straight past I'm a professional. It's already been slipped into However, the main we, body we of the podcast. We'll put a link in the show notes as well. We, we will put a link in That's the show very notes kind. To, to, to the podcast, and hopefully we can double your listenership again. No, increase it by 50% at least, because both our listeners are desperate for some company. Yeah, <laughs> one of them's already here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyway, uh, thanks, gents, for having me along. You're, you're, you're very welcome and thank you for getting involved in, in tonight's show and, and being so impassioned with your um, discussion and, and input as well. I've got views. That's, that's what we like. Yeah, that's what I've we're I've even about. got opinions. Oh, I love it. Brilliant. That's still on brand. Still on brand. Um, just uh, once again to, to mention the fact we are still running the listener survey. There's a link in the show notes. We still need you to fill that out because it will help us to make the show better. And I think that's about it. I think that's definitely about it. For this week, isn't it? Um, So we'll sup up. Cheers. Cheers.